Hannah Staver, and this is Ohio Politics Explained, a podcast where you give us 15 minutes and we give you all the news you need to sound smart and impress your friends when you go out this weekend. Welcome back to another episode of Ohio Politics Explained, the Let's Talk Polls edition. This week, we're explaining how Governor Mike DeWine thinks policing should change in the wake of the canine incident in Circleville, whether we'll be voting on abortion and recreational marijuana in November, and where Ohioans come down on gun control. Joining me in studio this week is reporter Laura Bischoff. Hello, Anna. Hello, Laura. It's been a busy week. Also, But before we get into all that, I want to take a quick second and ask you to consider leaving us a review on Apple iTunes or wherever you listen to OPE. It helps us share what we do with more people, and I super appreciate it. So our first topic is abortion. Supporters of access to the procedure qualified for the ballot this week. That means Ohioans will be voting in November on whether we want to protect access to abortion in our state's constitution. That is quick clarifying point, it does not matter what happens with issue one um, on August 8th. Abortion will be on the ballot. The only thing that will change is whether it has to pass by 50% plus one vote or 60% plus one vote. Right. And this um, this is a proposal that uh, would ensure that Ohioans have the right to um, make their reproductive decisions on contraceptives, fertility treatment, continuing um, or discontinuing a pregnancy, miscarriage treatment, other and, and abortion. And the state could restrict access after the point of viability. That's when the treating physician determines that the fetus has a significant likelihood of surviving outside the womb. Abortions could be performed after that point to save the life of the mother um, or to protect her health. Yeah. So, you know, they gathered signatures from 55 counties. So they met the threshold that we have for gathering signatures in 44 of 88 counties. They met it for 55. They gathered signatures from all 88 counties. And, you know, they they did the work. They're going to be on the ballot. And now, I guess, the floodgates of money for the issue and against the issue are about to come in. It'll be a very good time for TV news stations. Yeah, get ready, Ohio, because um, Ohio is going to be the only state that's going to be voting on this. It's an off-election year. And so it's going to be just a, a fire hose of um, ads and um, commentary from both sides, really. Yeah. And, you know, as these ads start rolling out, we're definitely going to be fact checking them as a team. So definitely check back with us if you have questions. If you also if you see an ad or a claim that you think is a little weird or wonky or maybe not quite true, like feel free to reach out to us. Like we're happy to like run it down for you. Our second topic is marijuana. Supporters of regulating cannabis like alcohol fell short in their signature requirement this week, 679 signatures short to be exact. They now have 10 days to collect the extra names they need if they want to put that proposed statute, not constitutional amendment, it would just change Ohio law before voters in November. Right. I mean, given that they had to get 223,367 valid ones and they're only 679 short, I think that that 10-day window should be sufficient. It's definitely doable. It seems like the campaign is on it and they're very they're very gung-ho to, to get those last couple hundred signatures. Yeah. And what's crazy is they actually have to get them twice, right? So they had to get those signatures to ask lawmakers to act. Lawmakers had a couple months. They chose not to take up legalizing recreational marijuana. They'd go gather the signatures again. And now, theoretically, I think they'll probably get that those signatures in time, but we won't know for sure for another couple of days. Right. So that's um, it's sort of the difference. The abortion is a constitutional amendment, a citizen initiated constitutional amendment. Um, so they had to collect much. Um, they had one round of collection of um, like about many more signatures. Right. Like four hundred fifty thousand. 
And um, the marijuana issue is a citizen-initiated statute, which is another mechanism for the citizens going to the ballot with issues. And it's like a two-step process. They got to get like 124, 124,000 in the first round. Again, go to the legislature. The legislature has four months to say yes, no. And then if they say no or um, ignore it, then the group has another um, period of time to go get another 124,000. Yeah. And, you know, I think marijuana will be really interesting. So if it qualifies for the ballot, we actually had polling out this week that showed 59 percent of Ohioans support recreational marijuana legalization. There is a decent chance that it will pass in November. And then it'll be left up to lawmakers to kind of figure out how they want to implement this. And I think that's going to be a really interesting test of this whole initiated statute versus constitutional amendment, because as we're having this fight over issue one, one of the things that we're talking about is should these things be in the Constitution? or should they be in state law? And if we legalize cannabis and, you know, leadership in the legislature has been pretty clear that they oppose recreational marijuana, the governor opposes recreational marijuana, it'll be interesting to see what they do with this, what kind of maybe restrictions or rules or hurdles that they put on legalized cannabis if it passes and whether that will kind of inform this debate going forward. Yeah, and that's one of the problems with the citizen-initiated statute is that the legislature can turn around and change it uh, immediately. I mean, you can do all this work to get it on the ballot and then and have it pass, and then it can be changed by the legislature. Or, as you say, they could put all kinds of hurdles, administrative hurdles, up around it if they if it if it's an issue that they don't like. Yeah, and so I don't I don't think they would outright reverse it. I don't think I've talked to a lawmaker who's like, no, we'll just we'll just make it illegal again. But I'll be really curious to see how they tackle it, given like where some of them come down on recreational marijuana. But first, it's got to make the ballot and then we have to vote on it in November. So I may be counting my chickens before they've hatched. Our fourth and final topic is gun laws in Ohio. So speaking of that poll between our papers and Suffolk University, we had another one where we asked a bunch of questions about gun control measures and basically asked, do you support different aspects, yes or no? And we found that a majority of Ohioans support things like mandatory background checks, training for people who carry concealed weapons, liability laws for safe storage, and even red flag laws. And a lot of these were bipartisan, so majority support from both parties. Yeah, but the legislature and um, the Republican leadership in Ohio is very pro-Second Amendment and has a much more absolutist uh, interpretation of what that means. And so even after the Dayton mass shooting in August of 2019... Yeah, we're coming up on four years. Right. That Even after that, uh, yeah, which was absolutely horrific, and people were demanding that something be done, and the governor proposed a number of reforms, including, oh, a less stringent red flag law those reforms went absolutely nowhere in the legislature. Actually, the legislature went in the opposite direction and passed the Stand Your Ground, um, which, you know, removed the duty to retreat in public places when under under threat and before you use uh, deadly force in self-defense. And then um, also eliminated the need for licensing and training for concealed carry permits. I talked with the Senate president about this issue, and he pretty much echoed what Laura said, that he thinks some of these proposals are constitutionally questionable. So the example he gave is that he thinks if you asked most Ohioans if there should be legal penalties for lying, they would probably say yes, even though that would violate the First Amendment. And so his argument is that, you know, most 
gun violence, and this is something that Governor DeWine's spokesman, Dan Tierney, also said, most gun violence in Ohio and most gun violence in the country is actually committed by people who probably shouldn't have a gun in the first place, right? And so their focus is on things like stricter penalties for felons in possession of firearms or stricter penalties for people who commit gun crimes with illegal weapons. And now the governor's office sort of says that DeWine takes the world as it exists rather than what he might wish it to be. So sort of recognizing the reality of the situation. And that's what can pass in the legislature because of their very strict beliefs about the Second Amendment. Yeah, I just don't see, I, there may be vast uh, public support for these things, but it's just not there in the, in the legislature. Yeah, and there was also an argument that perhaps, and this is true, I think, of any issue, when you get into the nitty gritty of specifics, sometimes support drops. So like you might support background checks, but you might not support a background check that would prohibit a gun from being purchased because of, say, a misdemeanor drug possession charge from 20 years ago, right? So it's like, what's in the background checks? How would they be carried out? What kind of records would they be looking at? And that's that's fair. So like support is at 88% for the general idea. I don't know what it would be for a very specific policy because we're probably never going to get that far in the debate. Exactly. And one more thing before you go. Kids are going back to school in a couple of weeks, thank God. So I wanted to share one of the changes coming this fall as a result of the state budget. So feminine hygiene products like pads and tampons are going to be provided for free in girls' bathrooms in public schools for grades 6 through 12. Lawmakers appropriated $5 million so schools can buy dispensers for their bathrooms and the necessary supplies to fill them. And I actually just think that's kind of cool. I mean, it's, it's akin to having toilet paper and soap and paper towels available, you know, when you use the restroom. And the impetus for this was something that they call period poverty, where, um, you know, girls sometimes are missing class or even missing school entirely because they don't have access to pads and tampons. They're actually, for those of you who don't like use them, they're not cheap. So expensive. Yeah. And so the idea was to make them available to all students so you don't have to miss class because you don't have access. But, you know, there was a young woman at the press conference for this, which uh, who also made a good point. She's like, also, like having to awkwardly rummage through your bag in class and slide a tampon up your sleeve is awkward. And it like brought me back to high school. And I was like, nah, that is like super awkward to have to do. So just having them for free in the bathroom saves you that embarrassment as well. Exactly. And that's the end of it. Period. Ohio Politics Explained is brought to you by the USA Today Network Ohio Bureau. You can find us on Twitter at Ohio Explained. And if you want to learn more about any of the topics we covered, check us out online at any of the newspapers in our network, like the Worcester Daily Record. That's the-daily-record.com. 